plant knows, it knows to put the shoot up, it knows to put the roots down, and all of a sudden, we're completely growing away from the fertility that we're putting on out there. Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Hi there, Rod at A Better Way to Farm, where we work hard to increase yields and improve profits. Guys, the bottom line is we're trying to bring you pure, good information, and I want to talk about some of that today. We had someone reach out to us, and I really appreciate what Bob had to say. I titled this, My Guy Says, and you can insert whatever you want in there for guy. My agronomist, my advisor, my friend, my neighbor, my seed guy, whatever it is, my whoever it is says, blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of a dangerous thing. I mean, there's a whole world of people out here with an opinion. It's always interesting to see how it is that they have so many opinions, and yet they haven't studied anything. And I'm going to go back to that everybody knows line that I detest so much. You know, I detest hearing everybody knows. Well, in 1491, everybody knew the world was flat. Everybody knew that. Okay, they were wrong, but they knew that. Again, to quote Ronald Reagan, referring to one certain group of people, he was very quick to point out there are just so many things that that group of people know that just aren't true. And that's the fact of the matter here, guys. Specifically, I'm going to start by talking about the idea of someone who asked me, what is the impact of in-furrow starter on seed germination? Because somebody, they had a friend, an associate, an advisor, who said that in-furrow starter can cause 1% to 5% germination loss, even if it's seed-safe, low-salt in-furrow fertilizer. Guys, there's some truth in that. But the problem is he's lumping everything together. I'm going to guess that I could make a general statement about there's some seed corn number out there from some company that the germination is terrible on. So if I plant that number, then I can say seed corn has a horrible germination. I don't get but about a 90% or an 85% germ. Why? Because I base that on one test. When someone says blah, 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 and they're giving us their advice, we need to ask some questions. How have you studied this? How do you know this? Why do you feel that way? Is this a fact that's backed up? And I want to talk specifically about this because it is true. There are infurrow starters that reduce your seed germination, and some of them it's a lot more than 1% to 5%. Some of them it can be 10%, maybe even as high as 15%. If we're doing something like a 1034-0 or some polyphosphate, heavy metal-laden, cheap fertilizer, there's a very good chance that we're going to suffer a significant stand decrease. And then if we move into, even though we talk about lumping together all of your in-furrow starters that are seed-safe, low-salt, you can't do that. Because the bottom line is, guys, not all anything is created equal. Not all pickups, not all tractors, not all planters, not all seed, and definitely not all starter fertilizer. And this is going to get to evolve into something else here, guys. I think you're going to be excited. Bear with me, because where we're going is we're going to get on the cusp of something that is going to be big that's coming and some stuff you can look forward to. This individual was talking about the fact, though, that they had seen a reduction, that their seed man had seen a reduction, and he probably had. I'm not going to argue that. That's very likely. However, the question is, 
what was the fertilizer? Here's what we go. I have a mentor, and he has always said, his one of his favorite quotes was, starter fertilizer should reduce stress, not induce stress. What does that mean? Well, that means if we're using a starter fertilizer and we happen to go a little chintzy and we just use a very small percentage of potassium chloride instead of potassium hydroxide, we can lower the price a bunch, dollars per gallon. But when we do that, all of a sudden, we do raise that salt. It may still be low, but it's not the lowest possible. Maybe for our phos acid, we got something that's not food grade. Oh, it's, it's fertilizer grade. It might even be technical grade. We're seeing a lot of labels that say technical grade or food grade. Guys, those are two different worlds. And I'm talking about multiple dollars per gallon difference between tech grade and food grade. Now, why is that important? Well, the fact of the matter is this. One of the things that impacts us deeply with what we're doing is heavy metals. And I am trying to do a bunch of studying on this right now and really digging into it. And I have a, a friend of mine who's actually leading me on this journey and doing a great job of that. And he's talking about the fact that I'm going to tie together biologicals because, guys, that's a hot word, right? And we're going to come back and we're going to hit this again from another angle. But we got everybody and their dog trying to get you to use biologicals. Use biologicals. Use biologicals. Everybody wants to talk about chemistry. What if we break those down? What if we start looking at biology on the cellular level? What if we look at chemistry from the standpoint of biochemistry? What if we start looking at what are the impacts of these metals in this fertilizer? We know for a fact, and you can Google this, just type in effect of cadmium on seed corn emergence. And you will see that it takes very, very, very little. I'm talking about just a few parts per million of cadmium, just a few, to really mess with your emergence. Now, maybe it doesn't stop the emergence. Maybe you don't get to that 5% threshold. Maybe you only get to a 3% threshold, but it delays the emergence on a bunch more. And now all of a sudden, instead of having all those plants up in 24 hours like we want, they're coming in over five, six, seven, eight days because we delayed the emergence on the ones we didn't kill. That's just cadmium. What about arsenic? What about lead? What about aluminum? What about all these different things that we put in there that can be in there if it isn't refined out? And so the fact of the matter is we have got to pay attention. You've heard me say many, many times, guys, everything we do matters. Everything matters. And right here on this desk, that I'm sitting at in red ink, it says it is never wrong to do the right thing. It also says frustration is the precursor to innovation. And I think there's some frustration here with us in regards to this kind of misinformation being put out, and it's going to lead us to do some innovation. It's going to lead us down this path that we have started, really starting to look at what happens with these metals that are in there. I had an individual that I talked to last week, he had a neighbor who had got a bunch of a byproduct, and it was free, the magic word, okay, free. And all of a sudden, he realized he's got his soil with an aluminum toxicity. What is your plan when you get aluminum in your soil? How is it that you're going to remove that? And the answer is nobody knows. Nobody's got one. you got a problem. And so what happens if we get too much cadmium in our soil? What happens when we put in mercury? Mercury and lead, we know that mercury and lead going into the soil displaces the cations, particularly it displaces potassium and NH4. So when we put 
lead or mercury in there, even though it might be a little bit, it drives off the ammonium in and it drives off the potassium so they leach down farther. And all of a sudden, that product that it's just got a few parts per million cadmium, it's just got a little bit of aluminum, it's just got a little bit of mercury or a little bit of lead, but it's, it's small. You know, it's only 10, 12, 15 parts per million. That's not very many. And yet, when we take a look at it, it makes all the difference in the world. It's why some starters, even though they might be mostly clear, even though they might be even a 318-18, even though they might be tech grade, and oftentimes we're seeing the game on the label, it says derived from tech grade or food grade. Well, I can tell you which one that is. You don't have to be a genius to guess that, okay? It's not coming from food grade. It's tech grade or food grade. There's a difference of many dollars per gallon in that. But all of a sudden, when we start getting these contaminants, then we start getting all of these different things happening, one of which is a delay or a stopping of emergence. Guys, here's what I can tell you. We've been doing this 30 years. In 30 years, we've ran over a 1,000 test plots. I have taken stand counts in Texas and Wisconsin and Wyoming and Pennsylvania and everywhere in between. And we've done thousands and thousands and thousands of stand counts. And what I can tell you is that when you use our 318.18, you will have more plants per acre than where you have no starter at all. Because the right 318.18 will come in there and provide energy and give that seed a boost and get it up out of the ground. It will actually help you in that process of getting a better emergence. And so that's what we're looking at is saying, how is it that we're going to get this done? How is it that we're going to do the, the right thing? This individual is really doing the right thing or trying to use an infro starter on their no-till acres, and they're using it on marginal ground, and they're using it on rented acres. Why is that? Well, on the rented acres, we want to recover every dollar that we put in, and we want to do the right thing for the soil. And if we're doing it correctly, it's both. We do know that in no-till, I've been reading a whole bunch of stuff on AgWeb and some of those places are really starting to talk about the stratification of nutrients, how these guys have been no-till and been broadcasting that top inch or that top two inches has a way higher phosphorus reading, a way higher potassium reading than the four inches below it. Why is that? We've got nutrient stratification. Why? Because basically P and K, K will move down a little bit. There are some things you can do, put in lead and mercury, that'll drive it deeper use a wrong surfactant that's a dish soap, that will drive your potassium down. So there are some things there, but typically P and K are not going to move except through erosion, and then they're going to move with tillage. And if we're not doing those two things, then we're not getting any movement. So we just spread and spread and spread on top of the ground, but the roots are below that. Hopefully you're planting your corn a couple of inches deep, which means that seed is already deeper than the nutrients, and the roots are going to go down. We know that. Your tropisms, plant knows, it knows to put the shoot up, it knows to put the roots down, and all of a sudden, we're completely growing away from the fertility that we're putting on out there. And so this is the right thing. But guys, I just want you to consider this, because I don't want to draw the wrong conclusion, and we do it all the time, okay? I mean, I, I just look at thing after thing where we, we observe something and we make a broad generalization or some great big leap and we're not correct in what we're doing, and the leap isn't where we need to go. And the fact is, this is a leap. we got to be very cautious, because while there are a lot of starter fertilizers that will hurt your germ, and maybe it's 15%, maybe it's 5 maybe it's 2 but we don't want it to hurt anything. Seed corn is expensive, 
And we want every one of those little burgers to grow because we can work really hard to get the perfect spacing. But if every 10th one, every 20th one doesn't grow, we don't have that picket fence that we're looking for. And it's going to cost a shield. And so to answer Bob's question, absolutely, it can cause that. But absolutely, it should not. Guys, if you're interested in more of this, and, and you can look forward to things coming out here, and we're going to be talking about how these metals interrupt photosynthesis. We're going to be talking about a lot of disruptions that happen within the plants. And we're going to be talking about all of this deal being on a very, very cellular basis. Because we're going to learn more and more and more. Guys, we all know that we can grow about 700 bushel corn. That's our potential when we open the bag or open the pro box. And everything we do after that is a yield reduction program. And we have been tremendously successful at yield reduction. Our goal here at A Better Way to Farm is to figure out all of the ways that we can do less yield reduction, that we can hang on to more of that fruit set, that we can keep more of those plants, that we can keep that plant healthy and greener later, that we can increase maturity, that we can make the kernel size bigger, that we can increase the length of the cob, that we can increase the girth. There's a whole bunch of things here. We want that baby to be as green as a gourd when we get to 21% moisture. That's what we're after. And the things that we're going to talk about here as we move forward, and you can look to some forward to some really exciting podcasts coming on this. I'm really jacked up, as you can tell. I'm pretty excited about it. And I think those are going to be dynamite. But guys, I just want to encourage you, if there's something we can do, don't be afraid to reach out. We love the opportunity to help other people. We love the opportunity to have this conversation about these different starter fertilizers and how they're going to react. And guys, I just want you to think about this. I encourage you today. I just ordered 24 sample bottles. Why? Because we take retains of everything that comes on this farm, whether it be our own fertilizer or someone else's or the 28 or whatever it is, the glyphosate. We're going to keep a retain of it. And if we see a problem where that retain was applied, then what are we going to do? We're going to send it in. We're not going to get everything analyzed. I encourage you to do a bunch of that in the beginning, but get it analyzed. Take that starter that you're talking about, send it in. And I'm sure it'll be 318.18. I don't see that very often anymore that they're not up to spec. But have it analyzed and tell me, hey, what is this a pure orthophosphate, number one? Number two, give me the metal content. Talk to me about those heavy metals. When you do that, all of the rest of this will fall into place. Guys, we appreciate you tuning in. I really hope you guys are having a better day. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.